seminars and stuff like that and what I think works really well is if um, really I just facilitate some discussion about what's burning in our hearts rather than me trying to tell you guys. You guys have had a week of awesome teaching with Matt Destry and others speaking each evening and, and uh, so I, I'm not going to be preaching or, or doing much of that but I really want to just help facilitate a bit of a conversation. I want to know what the questions are that you guys have got and perhaps some of the interests why you would come to this. Um, and maybe maybe to give you a little bit more of my story before I do that, before we get into that, um, and I'll, I've got some questions for you as well. Is um, So my old man, he was an Anglican minister who grew up hanging around the church, and uh, but by the time I got to my teenage years, I was getting a bit mischievous. And uh, as most, uh, I don't know if you've heard the term PK, priest kids or pastor's kids do, they end up a bit uh, going the wrong way, and I fell in with the wrong crew at school, uh, and I went on a youth camp not too dissimilar to Seoul and uh, heard about Jesus, but also saw about people people praying for each other, saw real love in action, you know, discipleship in its true sense, like people really hanging out together and having a good time with the Lord and each other, good fellowship, and uh, I just went, I want in on this, and I lived in a small country town called Goulburn, um, uh, and um, I'd been on the coast for this youth camp, and me and my best mate, we, um, we uh, went back to, we'd heard about these things called youth groups, we, hadn't, we didn't have a youth group at our church, and uh, me and my best mate moved back to Goulburn, after, went back to Goulburn after our youth camp, and we, um, we said to my dad, who's the minister, we want to start a youth group, uh, and he goes, all right, and so we started this little youth group. Just invited whoever. We didn't know what a youth group did. Um, we didn't know you might sing songs or worship or play games. We just made fun. And within a year, we had 40 young people hanging out on, at our church on a Sunday night. And we were just like, we were 14-year-old dudes and just going, we don't know what we're doing. And so my dad had to employ a youth pastor to, to manage us 40 young folk that were just running amok on a Sunday night. And um, so that was my first experience of youth ministry. And then I... I um, did a bunch of youth ministry in the Anglican Church and then the Churches of Christ, and I went and lived in England for a few years where I was a youth pastor, and then I um, came back to Australia. And last, uh, so that was about nine years ago, I moved back, and since then I've been working in aid and development. So um, World Vision, who you see when you go in the front there, um, that's who I used to work for, and now I work for another organisation called Habitat Humanity. I mentioned before that I've got a wife that I met at Seoul, and we've got two little girls. Bella and Heine, and uh, uh, they're the joy of my life, so I'm a very blessed man, I think. Um, anyway, I'd love to know, you guys have been here for a uh, short of a week, the Lord has been doing stuff in each of you at different things, um, he's been, you know, prompting things, he's, speakers are probably saying stuff, uh, you know, Andy probably you know, um, stirred you up with, if you came along to his soul man talk and, um, you know, challenged you a bit. And But I, I want to know why, the question I've got for you is, why would you come back to a soul man talk? Why would you come to this session? Why did you want to come and, and be here today? Who wants to, and, and this is going to be, I, I just want it to be open, all right? So be prepared to share a bit. Like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be doing a sermon today. Is that cool? Yeah. yeah. So I, I've, got a, I've got a hunch that us blokes in Australia, we need, to, we need to do more of this. Need to do more talking. Coming around the campfire, like Matt was talking this morning. Mm. Blokes need to come around together, hear one another's stories, and be really honest and vulnerable with one another. And, um, and uh, yeah, so why, why would you want to come to a soul man talk? Who wants to shout it out? I'm going to write some, some of these down. I would say that because I think society has a different definition for masculinity. Oh, this is good. Okay. Um, and as a Christian, 
I want to know what God's plan for masculinity actually looks Ooh. like. Big one. Anything else? Anything else? Any other thoughts? Why did you come? Did your mates take you? <laughs> did your fiance con you into coming? Did you go to a bloke's talk? Fiance. <laughs> 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 No, I'm sorry guys, the question I've asked is why, why uh, I, I simply want to know why you've come along to a bloke's talk. So man, uh, I want to understand, the reason I want to understand is so I'm, I, by the end of our hour together, we've delivered on this, or tried to. I don't know about that first one, that could be a, might take us more than that. But um, any, anyone else want to shout it out? Why we Yeah, yeah, mate. I'm John, by the way. Hi to those who have just rocked up. Because it was the only good seminar I really wanted. Okay. <laughs> okay. Best seminar. I'll write that down. Great. <laughs> seminar. <laughs> All right. Guys, um, I reckon that, that top one, let's break it down a little bit. Um, what, what is society talking about masculinity? It's quite fun. Sorry, what was your name? Minko. Minko. Cool. That's the point. Um, what is society telling us about our behaviour as blokes? It's not okay to just be able to sit down and have a cry. <laughs> okay. No, not okay to cry. Yeah? Stereotyping uh. that sometimes boys are like real bullheads. Like yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, no. All, all answers are right. Be brave today, guys, yeah? In sharing. Yeah? Anything else? I feel like it almost often doesn't say what, what a man should be like in that these days anything goes, almost. Yeah. Um, oh, and if yeah. you want to be more like a woman, um, go for it. Yeah. What else, anything else? What else is society telling us about how to be blokes or fellas? The more chicks we get, the more men, manly we are. Mate, so true, isn't it? <clears throat> true. <laughs> Your ability to consume alcohol. Yep. Thanks for sharing that, mate. It's a really good, good one, and I appreciate your vulnerability in saying something like that. Emotionally, yeah. 
I'll say don't be open. Yep. Yep. These are really good, guys. Thank you. Any others? Oh, that women can sexualize men is apparently less worse than men sexualizing women. Let me make sure I've heard that right. Um, men, sorry, women sexualizing men yeah. is not as not as bad as as men sexualizing women. Okay. Yeah, true. That's so true. Yep. It is, isn't it? Sorry, what was that one? Breadwinners. We're expected to be the breadwinner. Yeah. 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 These are great, guys. All right. So, if that's, that's a pretty good one. If, unless, or, or, is there any others that are burning that people want to shout out, share? I was just going to add, um, it, it is a little bit of a challenge to the stereotype on what the role of the man versus the role of the woman is. Yep. Like, um, so, yep. historically, the man's been sort of head of family, head of Hold whatever you want to call it, but is that relevant anymore? Is that yeah. yeah, there's some confusion around roles, and yeah, I think society's shifting a fair bit, and um, uh, touches on some of the other points, I think, as well. This is great, really comprehensive list, guys. So, thank you, I appreciate everyone who shared those. Um, so if that's the society's view of masculinity, uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to claim it's the full gamut of problems that we've got, um, you know, that doesn't, I read that list, and I don't know about you, but that doesn't make me feel great. <laughs> Does it? No. I'm like, so the challenge for us, obviously, is how do we restore some sense of manhood or being men in Australian society that is wholesome, yeah, that is good, that is healthy, yeah, and so I guess um, as, we, as we should, and in the, you know, in, in the very spirit of Soul Survivor, being that we, um, we reflect on word, spirit and action, uh, what do you think the Lord is wanting to do? amongst the men in our country, or in, in our own lives, to reverse some of this. Um, or perhaps another way to say it, what, to start with, to make it a little bit simpler, what does the Bible say? So, off your own reflections, we, what I love is that we all come into this room with our own, perspective, own, own perspectives. You know, we've all spent some time reading the scriptures, we've all, you know, listened to talks, we've all gone to youth group or church, and we've, we've absorbed different things. We've got a different view of looking at different things, and we've all picked up different things from the Bible. What do we think, what's the bit, when I ask that question about manhood, where in the Bible does your mind go as a good version of what men are about? Wants us to be honourable? Yep. And is there a particular bit of the Bible that you, that you, you, you know, you, you can think of? Because I think you're right. He does want us to be honourable. Yeah. That's all right. If you think of one, mate, just let me know, yeah? But I'm, I'll write it down because I think you're right. Yeah? David. Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs and someone said David. Yeah. 
And was there a particular proverb that you were thinking of? Or too many. Um, yep. Or is there... Like, don't be foolish. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really... There's a, Proverbs 3 to 5, I reckon, is really good. Um, really helpful. Um, Corinthians 7, with yeah. regards to marriage. Yeah. 1 Corinthians, was it? I think it's a really good one. <clears throat> one we should reflect on, uh, you know, as we think about our, our role and the and the sexualisation piece as well. Because in that situation, I'm sure, I assume many of us have heard that parable. Oh, sorry, not that parable, but that story about Jesus intercepting that uh, that stoning. You know, actually, the men were <laughs> had all probably uh, been involved, been in contact, possibly slept with that woman. Yet they weren't being punished, and that it still happens in some other countries, you know, uh, where that occurs. Um, the women are punished, but not the men. That's uh, unequal justice. Um, that's not God's justice. So, any any other bits of the Bible that you can think of that might be a source of encouragement for us to think about how to be good fellows? Well, I actually think of a part. I think it's in the one Corinthians seven. Um, and it's described in the context of marriage, but I guess in general I tend to think it, it's bigger than that, which is that the husband should be prepared to lay down his mm. life for the wife. Yep. And um, obviously it's, it's, it's described in a particular context, but I feel like that's relevant to yep. men in general. Yeah, it's a really good passage, isn't it? Because I think uh, the one you're referring to there, it's uh, often, it, it starts with, Women should submit to their husbands, uh, and and we kind of hear that one talked about a lot, um, but we don't continue. We kind of stop it there a little bit. We don't continue with the the conversation, which I actually, in my, my view, is is a tougher call. Okay, in marriage, when we are to love our wives as Christ loves the church, uh, that is a higher and more difficult task than submitting. For a wife to submit to a husband, I think we actually have the, the we actually have a greater responsibility in marriage than uh, than the wife does. That's my view. That's my, how I read that passage, um, because Christ's sacrificial love took him to the cross, and if you think about it, for those who are married or engaged, you know, or would like to be married one day, uh, that is a bigger call, isn't it? Um, that's what Christ did for his church, to have reconciled relationship. Uh, and that's our call, is to sacrifice ourselves uh, in love to our wives, to restore brokenness and to keep our relationship with our wives whole, wholesome. Um, any other passages? Yeah. Um, like Ephesians 2, where we should hold each other in love, like because of Jesus' love. Oh, uh, Ephesians 4 too, sorry. Oh, 4 too, sorry. Uh, there we go. We got there. And sorry, just your um, your paraphrased version. Yeah, it's yep. kind of like just a general guide of how to treat people. Like because Jesus has loved us, we should love other people. Yep. 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 That's right. Yeah. Just again, really challenging, isn't it? <laughs> when you think about some of the like one thing that perhaps didn't we didn't pick up in this, but. Maybe in the whoever said strong and muscly, um, one of the things that I'm I'm constantly challenged with in Aussie uh, blokehood is um, violence. Um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but the school I went to was and the crew I fell in with uh, in about year nine, year ten it was, uh, it was pretty violent. Um, it was a rugby school, uh, and. Yeah, they just love fights, um, you know. And I don't know. You watch some of the things uh, that can't pop up on YouTube. I got mentioned before. I did some youth ministry over in England, and one of the young guys that you know I was mentoring at the time, he put on this thing recently on Facebook, 
had a guy getting punched until he was unconscious in a, you know, security CCT footage, being kicked until he was unconscious, and he and he was putting it up there as a kind of brag, you know, almost like a, a boasting of this is the behaviour I applaud, and I I just go like I'm sickened by that, you know, I defriended him as a result, you know, I'm just I'd love to, con- but the challenge to me as a Christian is how do I love him to bring him into a different view of how to respect people and love others, whether they're male or female. Um, you know, that is a tough call that Christ calls us into as Christians, but how do we do that in a context like Australia where sometimes these one-punch knockouts and the, the violence and is applauded, um, you know? It's, I think we're, we are... This is why following Christ is countercultural. It's completely different. The world doesn't get it. Australia doesn't get it. And, and we have this opportunity to be light and salt and show a different way in the way we interact. And not to applaud the things that the world does, but actually counter it by showing them a different way. Any other... Someone else had their hand up. Sorry, mate. Yeah, um, in the Sermon on the Mount, yep. uh, salt and light of the world. Yep. Also, the divorce. So, like, if you yep. divorce a woman, um, you're leaving a vulnerable to adultery and stuff. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, so the, there's that section shortly after in Matthew uh, 6, I think, about divorce um, or thereabouts. Matthew 6 or 7. Um, and that's where the Sermon on the Mount is as well. And um, you're right, you know. It's really interesting some of the things Jesus talks about when he talks about divorce. He actually seems to have um, uh, a pretty, um, I don't know, he has a, it, it's, yeah, it's a concern for him. Um, because, and I, my suspicion is, my hunch is, as I read Jesus and what he says about that topic, is that, again, it comes back to restoring relationships. You know, his whole purpose in coming to earth was to restore our relationship to God, you know? And so it grieves his heart when uh, people divorce from one another. It's, it's, sometimes it's because the relationship is so unhealthy, that is a good solution. But he, would, he, would, he does everything he can to restore relationship, doesn't he? Um, to the point of death on the cross. Um, that's how far he'd go to restore relationship. I recognise that, you know, for us, we've probably got divorced parents or, you know, we've, we've seen, we know people have been divorced and so it affects our society. But again, it's about being this countercultural light in the world that says actually uh, when we have a Christian or a Christ-centred view of marriage that is about sacrificing as blokes, sacrificing ourselves, our own desires for those of our wife, you know, and that we're wanting to restore relationships um, that's very different to the world around us, but that's how we show this world a different way, isn't it? Yeah? Any other? I think Adam King, the yep. story has a lot to say. Yep. Um, even just about the fact that God created men and women to be different. Yeah, cool. In our world that's really pushing for complete equality, um, which like I'm all for equality in the sense that women and men have the same worth yep. um, but we have um, different mm. different roles in the yep. kingdom I think yeah. um, and they're very complementary and Absolutely. that's beautiful and the world seems to try and ignore that Mate, I, I don't feel like I've got anything to add you just said that so wonderfully um, I completely agree with you, you know, I think um, yeah I, I agree I agree I do think uh, there is a complementary set of um, unique thing, aspects, if you like, that women get that we don't, that we get that they don't. Uh, yeah, it's, and it and it is beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, but you could take, you know, I guess the thought that does come to mind is around where um, Jesus and the early church, the New Testament church referred to uh, the bride, the church as the bride of Christ. Uh, again, that complementary part. 
you know. We're, we're in partnership for his kingdom. We're in partnership for the purposes of God. Um, you know, I, I've always loved that kind of metaphor. Um, yeah, well said, mate. Anything else? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's Romans 16, Paul commends the work of its baby um, as being a fellow partner in the gospel. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a really good point. And um, I guess off the off the back of that, Johnny, you, you're kind of saying, um, pointing out kind of women in leadership or, you know, Paul's endorsement for women in leadership. Or what's your, what do you think's your point in raising that one? Uh, just, I guess, the, like, even at the time, um, women didn't have a voice really yeah. at all. Um, and firstly, they were the saw the empty tomb to start yeah. with and then Paul goes on and he says I commend to you our sister Phoebe a deacon of the church in Centrea I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you for she has been the benefactor of many people including me yeah. like that was just huge at the time yeah. and women had no voice at all yeah, yeah. that's right yeah, and you think about the number of women who followed Jesus. Um, like you said, they were the first to witness the account of his resurrection. Amazing. Um, yeah, I remember. Um, I remember. I was at a retreat centre um, overseas. Uh, I was eighteen. I was travelling, and I um, the um, I was at this place. It was a Catholic place. And so they did. They kind of loved these um, lighting candles and singing, chanting type of songs. It's kind of this kind of retreat center. In, it was in France, and um, and they split up for daily Bible studies. And I, or you could either. <laughs> this is how lazy I was. You could either go and clean the toilets or dig trenches or help around this community, this Christian community, or you could go to daily Bible studies. I was like, no way am I going to do the dirty work. I'm going to go do the Bible studies. Um, so I go and do the Bible studies. And um, and in this Bible study, this, there's this girl. There's, I was in a group from people all over the world, different countries. But it was a girl from England. And the girl from England came up to me after the Bible study and said, Oh, John, I hear in Australia, you guys are a bit more progressive on the women in leadership and, and, and the roles of women in the church. Um, can you tell me a bit more about that? We, we spent the week kind of talking about this subject she kept coming back um, wanting to know more because she'd experienced this kind of oppressive kind of um, you know the church not allowing women to have a voice Uh, and she was just um, I guess she'd never met someone who would endorse women in such a way and and all we did was we opened up the scriptures and said look let's let's walk through the bible together and find these moments and it's a really for me that was a powerful moment because I spent time in the Word reflecting on what God had said in His Word about women in leadership. And look, there's lots of bits, lots and lots of women where, that God uses. Um, but the bit that stood out to me was in Joel 2 where he says that in the days um, of, the, of the Lord's return, um, I will pour out my Holy Spirit upon men and women equally. Yeah? And so when the Holy Spirit's being poured out equally, that says to me we're both on equal playing field. The other thought I have from a very practical thing, practical point of view, if we're going to reach this world, or just say, let's, let's bring it down, Australia, uh, uh, or even our cities, or our schools, if we're going to reach people for Jesus, why would we disempower the majority portion? That just is going to slow us down. If we're going to say, women, you can't be involved in leadership, then that's just going to slow down the mission of God. Um, so that doesn't make logical sense in my head, and uh, I think the Spirit's being poured out as we see this week. Um, so, great, great point, Johnny. I hope that was all right to share my personal views on that. Um, any other biblical bits here that serve as an inspiration for us guys? To be countercultural. How are we going to? How are we going to beat this? How are we going to stop? We're going to change 
this perception that smart kids are losers, it's not okay to cry, not, uh, not, no real, you're not a real man until you lose your virginity, uh, you're meant to be buffed, strong and muscly, sexualization of women, anything goes, and in fact we don't talk about it enough, uh, disrespect and celebrated, the number of girls you're with, overconsumption of alcohol, don't be open or vulnerable in our roles, you know, changing in society. How do we take these, this what it says in the Bible, and turn it into action? How do we do that? Help me out. Help me solve this. Let's solve it together. Doesn't it say to not lose your virginity until you're married? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, really good question. Um... I think uh, what it does say, it doesn't say that's like it, it's not that black and white, but what it does say is um, us for our, to honour our, honor our wives. Uh, it does encourage us to be a man, one wife. Um, and it does, so honour honor wife and committed to wife, but also there's a, um, I think there's a theme in the scriptures around sacredness. Uh, and what I, if you take the word marriage and you think about when you marry two things, just say you've got two bits of play doh, alright? One, diff two different colours, and you smudge them together, okay? You've married them, you've marred them. If you go back into the Greek and Latin words, you've marred them together, okay? Um, and that's the root word that we get from marriage in the scripture, okay? Uh, and one, this comes back to the divorce point as well, that the Bible says what God has put together, let man not separate, okay? What God has marred together in marriage, and which is, you know, the marring is physical, it's spiritual, it's the beautiful gift of sex, then that uh, marring shouldn't be undone by man, yeah? Um, so we've got to, that is a temptation for us, Okay? As blokes, I get it. Um, I completely get it. Uh, it was a temptation for me for a long time. Um, you know, uh, I messed up um, as a teenager, uh, and the Lord has kindly forgiven me for all the misconduct that I did. He's taught me a lot. If I can save you any heartache, uh, it's save yourself for your wife um, and can be completely devoted to her physically and sexually. So what is the punishment for bringing first? I don't think God's into punishment, mate. I think he's into loving us and restoring us. Um, but I think um, the, what the, there is a social and an emotional punishment that we put a burden on. And if I, if I can say this quite honestly, uh, there is a guilt or a, a sinful uh, weight that we carry. Um, I think, that's my experience, um, when having sex out, outside of marriage, um, before marriage. So while it's not, um, I don't think it's God's going to punish it by death, um, he wants to restore relationship, remember. Uh, he wants us to do things that are honouring and be counter to our culture. Um, so we've got to, we've got to learn behaviours that are very different. And so perhaps um, another way to rephrase that is what is, the, what is the benefit, rather than the punishment, of saving ourselves for our wife. And that is, honestly, a much more, um, um, there is a lot of benefit, yeah, because it was very hard for my wife uh, to, I'm being really vulnerable with you guys, yeah, uh, don't know all of you, but, I, you know, I, it re really hurt my wife when she found out that I'd had sex before marriage. You know, it it uh, was a really big sticking point that we needed to get over. Um, and it took a long time, yeah? And uh, it caused her a lot of hurt. But if you go into a marriage and you're pure, you've got no guilt of, pre of sex outside of before marriage, and nor does she, and you come into that starting from zero, and you can build a future together that is just beautiful. And I think that's God's intent, yeah? I really do. Um, because it, all the pain, all the things that hurt relationship aren't there. He wants us to be in wholesome, 
healthy relationship with him and with others. There you go. You're all going, oh, I want to know more about that story. <laughs> that sticky issue or whatever. Um, I'm really keen on us finding a way to be very different and living our lives counter to this culture. So this is what we've got. You've got some very good points here uh, from the scriptures. How do we turn that into action? How do we turn that into action? How do we change? How do we take, first of all, at, a self, at our own self, what, are, what can we do as individuals to counter these things, knowing the things we know from Scripture? Change the view of society. Oh, there was a few. Uh, there was change the views of society. might come back to that. What was the other one? Speak up. Speak up. Like it. Um, I just thought of the scripture in 1 Timothy. Um, but set an example for believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Yeah. Which I think is very relevant as well. Mate, love it. That's really good. Yeah, really good one. Love that purity bit as well. Yeah. Like, you know, our, our light, the way we conduct ourselves out there in the world, if we're getting in and having the conversations that others are having, um, you know, is that being different? Or are we just absorbing the culture that's around us? How do we be, how do we be that light in that environment? Uh, and the point about speaking up, I think, is really good. Um, how do we speak up? I think there's a few avenues for us, and ones that are new to you guys that have not been around for other generations, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes out on social media, isn't there? A lot of stuff that gets posted. Um, another, I'll tell you another story from one of the girls that was in the youth group that I led over in England. She, um, she was walking to school. She's in year 12. She was walking to school the other week, and she, um, she was wolf-whistled, or cat-called, uh, by some blokes. And she got onto... Facebook and just was like livid. She just was so upset by that experience. Um, you know, and, and you know, some people were trying to say to her in the comments afterwards, oh, it just happens all the, day, all the time, you know. But here's this young Christian girl who's trying to, you know, just trying to get, just trying to get to school, you know, and she doesn't want to be sexually harassed. And she goes on to social media, express herself, and then people are dissing her. So, I got on there and I said, look, I'm really sorry that you had that experience. I actually think there's good blokes out there in the world um, and we need more of them. Um, uh, and I, I made a few other comments, you know, kind of in support of her position. You know, speaking up on social media is one platform that you've got, yeah? You can do that quite easily. And, um, and to cha change the conversation to a more, you know, godly one. Um, is, is there any other ideas? Um, kind of just going along that, if, like, if you feel that, yes, you can say stuff on a social media platform in support of them, but yep. you don't feel confident enough to, like, do that in real life, Yep. what would your kind of go-to group for that because then like if you don't do it in real life and make it up then you get labelled as the keyboard warrior sure yeah. yep I, I think you raise a really good point I think we've got to be able to do it in real life uh, before we do it in social platforms I agree um, I'm just trying to think if there's an example where I know of maybe someone else has got a story that you're willing to share from real life uh, where you've been able to do that um I've probably not had it in terms of women, but certainly in other issues. So, like disability, um, you know, seeing people that are, uh, you know, mistreated because of disability, or perhaps they're um, uh, some other circumstance, perhaps they're poor or begging, um, seeing them mistreated, and and so I've stood up for them. Um, yeah, um, but I've not had a personal experience yet where I've had to stand up for a woman. Um, is anyone? Yeah. No, I just a thought on that one. Sort of mm. practical ways for us as guys. It's real hard as young guys, but even as I sort of look at youth group and, and kids and things like that, 
think the way we like touch and, and treat mm. and talk to the girls, like especially around even in church, mm. but also especially outside of church. Mm. And um, I think very much in the, the subtle ways, the way we just like sit on their laps or cuddle um, uh, them or flirt, the way we flirt, and, and all these kind of ways. So yep. I actually think the way we act, but also if we see some of our mates, the way they. Everyday life, the way they, they act, yep. says a lot. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Andy, I love it, mate. I love it. Um, Stop the manly talk for a second. Um, I have to bring the pastor back to twice the first time I could have written out. That is awesome. Frozen cokes for the girls. <laughs> Thank you. No worries, thanks. That is very kind, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure you guys will, you know, repay the favour. Um, plus some. Um, Andy, th- thanks. To your point, mate, I think how we talk, touch, interact with girls is really important. Just in the small things, isn't it? So there's small behaviours that we can change. You know, I don't know if you can think of that person, let's not name them, but uh, in your youth group, um, who's a little bit flirtatious and perhaps is a little bit cuddly uh, with the opposite sex or, you know, with people. And, and um, yeah, just, you know, watching how we conduct our behaviour, that's coming to the fir- this very first point that's honourable, I think is really important. Let's check ourselves. Is it honourable? Are we treating this person with respect? I think one of the first things we should be doing is establishing strong understanding of where we stand as men of God. Yep. And so we can then set ourselves boundaries to provide the framework for which we can then act to, you know, honour women, and and it it can also help in situations where we get caught up in like say parties or something like that. If we've already established Framework for which yep. we belong in as men of God, it's yeah. not easier to handle Love stressful it. situations. Really good. I've just written firm foundation. Yeah. I think a really good, you use the word framework, and I like that. Um, I think that's really good, mate. Really love what you had to say there. Here, here. Um, I think our framework comes obviously from Jesus, it obviously comes from what the scriptures say. That's our, that's our framework and our foundation, isn't it? What the Bible says. So don't, whatever you take away, if you continue to dig into the word and, you know, that will be your firm foundation, no doubt, to how you conduct your life in every matter. Um, I'll take a few more points, but I want to come back to that. I think you, I think you landed that very nicely. Thanks. Uh, I'll take one at the back. Yeah. We'll change the way we value each other. Like, we, yeah. lots of views of masculinity come from the way our guys see each other. Yeah. And, like, Acting as a pack kind of thing, so if we change our viewpoints. Yep. Say value strength of character instead of just being like physically strong and muscly. Yep. It shows by actually <coughs> a much greater yeah. kind of strength. Yeah, I I really like that point. Sorry, what's your name? Isaac. Isaac, thanks, Isaac. Um, because I, I I've thought about this one as well, and from a biblical point of view, what the New Testament opens up for us is these things called the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, you know, or um, uh, the fruit of the Spirit as well. And if we just simply start viewing people through their strengths and what they're good at, you know, men and women, but in this case blokes, rather than saying these are the values or the other things, um, but actually the the gifts that God has instilled in us or the strengths or the characteristics that you might see in a bloke. So, you know, I might know Andy and I just think he's a top bloke, but he's a top bloke because he knows this stuff about that and he's just a really good leader. You know, I value him because of who he is, because of the way he conducts his relationships and because he's a good leader. I'm not, I'm not measuring him against these things, you know. He might be good looking as well, but I don't 
I put those other things as value, values above, you know? Yeah? It's a, I think the value, the value set is, we need to shift it to a biblical one. And I think the Bible gives us some of those pointers. It gives us some of those tips. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really keen to race ahead to the passage of Scripture I want to read to you guys at the end, at the close of our time, because I think it'll wrap it up nicely. But there's a couple of other points. Um, I just wanted to say, like, um, like how women dress these days sometimes, instead of, um, I know a lot of boys at my school and stuff, they look at them mm. and they, like, perv and stuff. Yep. And instead of doing that, you should look at them and just think, like, they're, they're the daughter of God. Yes. And just, like... Love it. Yeah. Just, if you think that, and then you'll um, stay away from, like, yeah. lust and um, perverted yep. Tell the boy, other boys, like, oh, no, that's wrong. Like, yeah. Explain to them that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah and, and I like that, mate. I really like that point. They are a daughter of God, you know, and they are precious in his sight. Uh, and the way we, um, if we were able to do that, then that is gutsy move. Um, I think, um, yeah, yeah, I think, it's a, I, I think that's something we all need to get better at is encouraging our mates to start <coughs> shifting their views around um, looking at women like that. The thought that came to my mind is, uh, just in addition to what you said, is, you know, the Bible talks about us all being made in the image of God. Mm. You know, that both male and female are image bearers of God. And so we, um, you know, that is, that is an honourable trait that we have, all of us. Something that should be honoured. Um, and up and, and protected. So I think even starting at a not just women are precious daughters of God, but men and women yep. are in the image of God. Uh, we don't talk that way, do we? We need to unpack that concept yep. a lot more and understand it, get our heads around what it is, how honourable we are above all creation to be in the like image of God. It's incredible. What an honour. Yeah. Glad I wasn't made a frog. Um, there was a sorry, Rowan. Yeah. Um, I think something that's very important is holding each other accountable because we often forget. Oh, I love that, it. Like, we often think that we, even when we recognise we need to struggle, we often still get trapped by society. Still think we have to be able to do it on our own. We have to have the strength to do it yep. ourselves. And if we can't, then it's not really worthwhile to yeah. um, seek help when we can't. We don't feel we have the strength to do it or don't feel we need to. Yep. But I think that's very important is we need to be holding each other accountable for what we do. Mate, love it. I love it. And accountability is really a really cool thing. And I actually, my suspicion is Aussie blokes want more of it. We don't have enough of it. Um, uh, look, some of them probably don't want any accountability. But if you look at the men's shed movement, in Australia, I don't know if you've heard of Men's Shed, but out in rural towns, a lot of the time, there's some in the, in the cities, but uh, there's these groups of men coming together just to fix things. They all might bring a project, a, um, you know, something that's broken, a bike or a wheelbarrow or whatever. They come with a project and they help one another fix it. You know, blokes actually want to help, you know, fix these problems. If you take that concept and you apply it to spiritual things, I think we build incredible accountability, you know? Um, because what happens in those men's sheds is what, whatever the project is that they help, they then naturally want to ask, how's your bike going? How's your wheelbarrow going? Or how's the fence that we fixed? Or whatever the project was. They're now doing wonderful things, doing very charitable things, you know, helping... Uh, I know the one up in Bathurst, the men's shed has been really good at helping the riding for the disabled school, do the main maintenance around the yard and different things. So they're able to... Up you know, keep up the, the program. You know, so imagine it in a spiritual sense. We get together and we actually build what Rowan's talking about, natural accountability, saying what's <coughs> broken and how do we help you fix it as blokes? You know, imagine that concept. Blokes coming around saying, you know, but, it crea but in turn, if we're going to have this, we need to be vulnerable. Don't we? Yeah? We need to be open need to be a bit transparent. And that's probably tougher for us. Mm. 
Yeah. Just kind of on that, I noticed not okay to cry is up there. Yeah. And it's so often you see men and women crying in church yeah. services. Yeah. So, obviously, God has no problem with it. That's right. I like that, mate. Well, I actually thought of the passage where it says Jesus wept. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's a powerful one. Uh, because he wept over a city. Um, he wept over Jerusalem. Um, because he knew he had to go there to do the, the deed that, he, that God sent him for, to die for our sins and rise again. You know? um, it's a powerful one. Um, sorry? Okay. Can I add some things to one about crying? Uh, yeah. I just say it seems kind of the other way around is in like being not afraid to cry. It shows that you value yourself on like different on a different scale to everyone else, and that if you're not afraid, oh, great. you're not afraid to show yourself like that. It's like you got much more security than like the insecurity of just following whatever society thinks yep. is right or strong or whatever. Yeah, no, I think you're right, mate. I think uh, what we cry about shows what we care about, doesn't it? And, um, heck, if someone hurt my wife or children, I'd, I'd be in tears. You know, they're the most precious things in my life. You know, I care about them. So if we care, um, you know, you take that into friendships. You take that into, uh, into what we do with our time. You know, what we care about, we should be willing to, to cry about, I think. Um, there's no... I remember, um, you guys know, uh, heard or seen him on the television, Tim Costello. He works for, he's the CEO of World Vision. And he told me, um, you might have heard him tell this story yourself, but he um, told me the story of, uh, he's a big Essendon fan, um, and, and he loves his footy, um, and AFL, and he uh, went to the grand final a couple of years ago. I don't know, for the AFL or the Victorians here, you might be able to help me, but a few years ago there was a replay of the grand final. Do you remember who the two teams were? Collingwood and St Kilda. Collingwood and St Kilda. So Tim was there, and he, um, I can't remember which team it was, but uh, it, the team, it was the first match and the game drew, and they had to replay the next week the grand final. The whole grand final they had to put on again. You imagine that. Um, uh, and so they, um, they've changed the rules just recently, so it never happens again. Um, but the guy in front of him turned around just bawling, you know. Um, and uh, Tim said, oh, it's all right, it's all right. You get to come back next week and watch it all, do it all again. And he goes, no, 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 it's not that. It's just that my sister's getting married next weekend and I've got to tell her that I can't be there. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of where our priorities are, we, we tend to cry where our priorities are, you know? Like, for him, that bloke, his priority was his footy, not his sister. Um, guys, I just want to say, we've only got five minutes left. These are wonderful points. Your ideas, these are your reflections. I want to say thank you to all everyone who's shared ideas. I think most people have. You know, yes, there's some skewed views of society, uh, from society on how to be men in the world and in Australia. These things are all happening. However, the Bible does tell us a different version and gives us inspiration to live our lives very differently. And the ideas that I've heard come from you are brilliant. They're sensational. You know, we do need to change the overall views of society by being salt and light in this world. We need to speak up. Whether it's in public or on social media, we need to find a voice, a way to stand up against these things. How we talk, touch and interact with girls and others needs to be honouring to that individual. They're in the image of God. They are precious daughters of God. We need to treat them with respect. We need to have firm foundations. I loved that point, mate. And we need to have a framework to ensure that what, the way we conduct ourselves is honouring to God and to women. We need to value one another as blokes. Um, I really like that, and we need to be accountable, but also if we're going to be accountable, we need to be vulnerable. Are you guys up for that? I am. I'm really up for that. And, um, you know, that's why I guess I um, had the privilege of doing this soul man talk a number of times now, uh, because, you know, I'm prepared to say that I messed up, 
but the Lord has restored me. You know, he's, he's the one whose grace has been extended to me. Uh, and, and it's, you know, it's him I thank, you know, that I get to be married to a wonderful woman and have two beautiful daughters, you know, that I want to treat with that respect. And I look forward to finding suitable blokes for the uh, down the track. Um, so, the passage uh, of scripture that came to me, and the title of this seminar was how do we become uh, men, you know, um, after God's own heart? Yeah? How do we become men after God's own heart? You, you've answered it yourselves, but that, that reference was in, uh, was in uh, it was Paul in Acts 13, you can read it. He says it about David, coming from uh, 1 Samuel 13. And um, and Samuel, obviously, you've heard about David and, and Samuel this week in the morning sessions with Matt. Uh, and Samuel had recognised that uh, God was going to boot out Saul and put in David as king. The, the revelation that's come to me recently, guys, is that this, that, you know, it is a kingly, a kingly characteristic... Yeah, to be after God's own heart. As men, let's pursue his heart. Yeah, because he, he is, we're all in his royal family. Yeah, it's what the Lord is desiring for his leaders, for his men, is people that are pursuing his heart. Yeah, his heart. And that means incredible sacrifice on our behalf. Yeah, that we're willing to give up our own ways for his ways. Well, I hope you'll be up for it uh, with me. Um, it's a, you know, it's something we've got to keep chugging away at. Guys, I want to pray for you. Is that all right? And then, um, if anyone would like to stay and pray about anything in particular, anything that's come up, um, feel free to stay. I would love to pray with you. I'm not going to rush off. Um, and if, if not me, but something has stirred, seek someone out. Maybe your youth leader. Okay. Go and talk to them. And use the opportunity tonight at the prayer ministry as well. Yeah? To seek prayers. Okay? But uh, if there's something that's hit a nerve, struck a chord with you that you'd like prayer for, I'd love to pray with you. Um, or I encourage you to seek it from someone else. Let's pray. Father, uh, Father God, I, I simply want to start by waiting with you. And asking your spirit to come now. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, I, um, I sense that your spirit is simply wanting to say to this group just how loved they are by you. Um, there is, I, I really sense a really strong love and compassion uh, and a pride for your sons in this room. But Lord, I pray into that. I just ask that that revelation would come to each of them. Uh, they recognise now just how treasured, how special, how unique they are in your sight. How proud you are of each of them. Yeah, Lord, I, I pray that they would continue to pursue your heart and that kingly quality would come out in each of them. I thank you for their willingness to share, their willingness to be, for some of them to be vulnerable today, to share ideas and to put thoughts out there. Lord, I pray that their knowledge of your word would deepen. Lord, I pray that uh, they would continue to be receptive to your spirit 
and they'd be able to turn uh, the tide in their schools, in their workplaces, against this culture that seems to be so negative. Lord, may each of these blokes be light in the world. I pray in your awesome name. Hey, thanks, guys. It was great. Great to be here. <laughs> thanks, guys. Great ideas. Have a great time. Have a great time yeah. tonight. Yeah. Yeah.